their theology is once you become a Christian, everything is transformed in you. And, and I think that's the false sense of security that that theology gives. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Hey, 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 we're back this week with another episode. Lindsay and I had the opportunity to record a chat with Steve Harmon. Yep, we chatted with Steve about the finished work of Christ and so much more. So enjoy. I want to hit the finished work stuff. I want to talk about yeah, that. For sure. Yeah, and, and just let you just pontificate on what what you see is the problems and, and how we can remedy that. And is there a balanced approach to, to all that? Yeah. The finished works, I think a lot of times is it gets misunderstood because it, it seems like there are two camps. There's the grace camp that takes the finished works. And then there is the healing camp that takes the finished works and the grace camp. When they look at the finished works, they look at it as everything is done. You don't need to do anything. You don't need. You just don't need to do anything. It's done. Your whole goal now is to just celebrate and just live happy. Live happy with the people around you, and that's how you evangelize. Is just live happy with the people around you. There's nothing wrong with that. Living happy, you you should. <laughs> um, but that's not how Jesus modeled it or taught. You know, or Paul, any of them that what Jesus did on the cross means that you don't need to do anything. And then on the, the, the healing side of the finished works, it's more of, yeah, you pray, you go out there and you heal the sick. You just know who you are in Christ. And uh, you don't need to do anything else more to get more healing, except if we need to lay hands on you. But everything's already taken care of at the cross. Uh, you are a brand new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. The new is has come. And so if you are if you are sinning, living in sin, then you're living from your old nature. Now, I agree with that. Um but the way that they are are making that look is that all it is is that you're believing a it's only that you're believing a lie and that you're just living from that and all you need to do is just change your thinking. Well, that's true and that's not true in some degree um so the way i see the finished works is is that what jesus said when he said it is finished he meant that i have now provided a way of salvation for all of you to to come to the father and i've given you tools now that can help free people up and change the world mm. and 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 change your environment it's all available to you now but you got to go out and grab it and then utilize it. The other groups, the finished works mindset is no, it's already there. You just got to believe it and then it manifests magically. You just got to believe it's already there and it's manifest. You don't need to take it and and use it. 
it's you just got to convince yourself so strong in your mind that you are completely transformed in, in Christ, that everything transforms with you. So far, I've never met a person who's accomplished that. Me either. Where everything transforms. Yeah, me either. And, uh, it, yeah. And so, and usually in those groups that are finished work, especially finished works grace, they, they really don't see hardly any miracles. Some miracles here and there. And then they use it and they go, ha, huh, see, our, our theology is right because we've got a miracle here. It, it validates it, you know. Um, but, but literally, when I see people that take that route, that grace finished works mindset, they usually fall away from God in many, in different ways. Either they, they get into new age or they become an atheist. Interesting. Uh, or, or they're just secularist, you know, uh, when they go that route. If you don't believe you do anything. Now, see, the problem is, is in that grace finished works teaching mindset is that they like they are completely allergic to the word work. Like mm -hmm. they believe that that is the worst word in the world is the word work. Um, and so it's like if you say it, it's like saying the F word <laughs> in their camp. Yeah, you're, and, and so, you're right. <laughs> And so they, they, it's because they don't understand what Paul meant by that word, work. They're taking it literal. They're taking it like if you do something, like I'm working, I'm doing something. Because of that, they don't know how to really look at this word. Um, you know, faith without works is dead, James says. But if, if you understand really what the cross does, the cross gives you the access to come to the Father, not based on anything you do. It's, in other words, when Paul uses the word works, plural, he's only referring to that word as not doing something or anything or doing anything. He's saying it's only for this one category. It belongs, the word works only belongs in this one category. And it's the category of can you do something to earn your salvation and righteousness. That's all Paul was using that word for. He wasn't talking about, do you work for your healing? Do you work for um, blessing and all this other stuff? He wasn't using it for those, for those issues. He was using it only for the word salvation and justification, righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so, so when he uses that word, works, it was only in relation to that. Not in all the other things. And see, what grace finished works people do is that they use they they put that word for anything. Mm. Don't work for your healing. Don't you don't need to keep praying. You don't need to even pray for your healing because it's a work. You know. So it, it, this is where it's perverted in their mind. They don't realize they're saying things that Paul never ever ever said. So this is why a lot of them don't get healed too. Uh, but the thing is, because, again, they're misappropriating what Paul and misunderstanding what he completely meant by that. It, he obviously didn't mean that because he would, he didn't even model that. If, he, if, if it was a, a lifestyle where you sit around and do nothing, because if you get up and do something, it's almost like it's almost like a Jewish person, an Orthodox Jewish person who is working on the Sabbath. It's almost like they have that mentality that the Sabbath is every single second of the day. Mm. And you're not supposed to do anything. That's how legalistic they get. And they don't even realize they're getting legalistic on it. That's a good point. It gets really bad. Yeah. And, and so they get stuck in this area because 
when it comes to God's love for us, God absolutely loved us before we ever were a Christian. That was the only thing that was already done for us before we made a decision. So, so that's why it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he loved us before we ever made a decision. So he already loved us with 100% love before we became a Christian. Then we became a Christian. He still loves us with 100% love. The love doesn't change at all. But the, Jesus does all of the work, meaning paying the price for sin on the cross. He does the work. And then we all we do is we receive it. So we do have to do something. And they don't like it. It's so funny because they, they try to. Again, the second worst word is do. They don't like the do part. Right. And they don't want to ever have to, have to admit that you have to do something to receive what God has given you. They don't even want, they, they try to reword everything because they're so like anti do and anti work. And, uh, but yes, you have to receive, which is an effort to, to, to take what God has done for you. But the reason why Paul never, ever considers that a work, you receiving, even though you're actually doing something, is because it was not the work of dying and paying the penalty for sin. That's what Jesus was saying, or that's what Paul was saying was works related. And Jesus was the only one that could actually fulfill works. And so you can't do anything on your own initiative by being good, as we know, to to earn righteousness. You just receive his work of what he already did. So if you try to do anything out of your own efforts and just say, well, Jesus, you're, I know what you did, but I think I need to pay the penalty more, then yes, you're in works. That's the only time the word works is applied to is when you're doing something for that reason. You're trying to attain righteousness by trying to be good or take punishment for your sin. So that's all it's related to. Yeah, one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, says it like this. He says, God is not against effort. He's against merit. And I think that, that yeah. that's perfectly what you're saying. Is he, yeah. he, he wants us to work. He wants us to put forth effort. But it's not meritorious towards heaven or towards the kingdom, so to speak. Yes, towards towards righteousness, towards towards being justified. That's what Paul was saying, is for the justification of being able to get into heaven. That was already done. So this is is what I try to explain to people. Like, I don't talk about grace much, mainly because to me it's been a non-issue in my life for over, I'd say, 13 or 14 years. I know it is for other people, and that's when I'll get into, you know, what what grace is really supposed to look like is we're discussing like i have a friend who's in prison and i've been talking to him a lot about grace and i have to just tell him it, it, literally you know don't you don't need to read your bible buddy you don't need to read your bible it's okay don't read your bible you'll still go to heaven if you don't read your bible the bible will help but because i know you have uh, a, a a wrong way of interpreting it i would suggest that you don't read it right now just listen to what i have to say <laughs> because you will get so caught up and, and the enemy will take a scripture verse and then you'll just go back into bondage thinking you have to do something for your righteousness. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, but typically to me, it's it's a fundamental issue. Grace, learning grace, the grace of God is like, 
is like elementary school. It's like the first thing you're supposed to learn. And then once you learn that, then you move on and move past it. I think when I look at like a lot of finished works grace people, it's like they're still in elementary school. They're still stuck and they still are so fixated on the the thing of don't do anything, don't do anything. And they haven't realized that, no, you've got to do something for other things, not for righteousness, not for God's love, not to go to heaven, not to stay saved. I know that if I stay and do nothing at my home and just be a lazy Christian, I'm still going to go to heaven. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go out and minister the love of Jesus to people because my salvation and my righteousness is not based off of that. It's based off of me receiving what Jesus gave me. That's what my salvation is on. But if I don't go out there and help what's going on and love on people, well, then the world is going to get darker and darker and it's going to affect my life and my li- the life of the people I love. Mm-hmm. So I got to get out there and do something. If I don't do something, then the world is going to encroach on my world and on the, the, the world of the people I love around me. So I have to do something. And we do it for that reason. And we do it because we love people too. We do it because we, want, we don't want people to die in their pain and, and their suffering. I mean, I, I see a lot of people who are into that finished works grace teaching and that mindset. And it's like, it's almost become something to where it's all about them. It's like, it's all about you, you knowing how much God loves you, which is a huge important piece of the puzzle, but you can't there and you haven't matured to the point where you receive so much God's, God's love that you're starting to give it out to other people and that you want to start giving it out to other people. And you don't want to keep thinking about your own life. You want to start thinking about other people's life. That's when you start maturing out of it, out of the baby stage is that you start thinking more about them than you do yourself mm. because you want to see people transformed. You're doing it for that reason. I'm not doing it. I'm not, it, I'm not, do, well, like a lot of times if I've heard them say, you know, oh, people who go out there and heal the sick, oh, you don't need to go out there and do it. Uh, Jesus already finished it on the cross. It's like, like, don't you care about the people? Don't you care about that person dying from cancer? Isn't that your, should be your motivation of doing it? Why do you always think everything is a work and that everybody everybody is trying to attain their salvation? Not everybody thinks like you. Not everybody is stuck at first base mm-hmm. or are stuck in elementary school thinking that they're, they're still insecure in that area because you were so wounded in it because you probably had some legalistic pastor who just or parents who just drove um, a works related Christianity down your throat. And made you feel like you were going to hell every, you know, two hours if you weren't living up to the expectation that you believe God wanted you to live. I go, where, why didn't you move past that so far and realize everything's set, set in set in stone? You're going to heaven. It's fine. You know, the only, you know, you're not, you're, you're okay where you're at. You don't have to do anything for the kingdom. But if you don't do anything for the kingdom, the demonic kingdom is going to come for you. And it's going to and it's going to bring pain on your life and your family's life. So you have to get up and fight. You have to do it for them and you have to do it for your world. And it's it's I mean, and and it's just maturity of growing up as a son. I mean, there are people that call themselves sons, but they don't do anything. If you're not doing anything for the kingdom 
and for other people, then you're not really walking as a mature son. You're still a baby Christian because you do it. You, a son is doing it from the place of maturity that they're forsaking their own life for the benefit so other people can have a better one. That's what a mature son, that's what a mature son is supposed to look like. Yep. They look like Jesus. Yeah. And they don't, they're not thinking about their own little world and their own comfort and all those baby things that we get stuck back in, in that mindset. So the finished works um, in the grace section is just like, it, you just have a lot of young people that just, it's the haven for people that came out of a real religious mindset of Christianity and they just park there and they stay there forever. But if you stay there forever, it's going to have an effect on you because then eventually you'll start believing you don't need to do anything. And then, and then you let yourself go and the enemy starts pulling you and pulling you, uh, influencing you out of a relationship with God. Because you think all roads lead to heaven or something like that. And then you just go, yeah, I don't need to, I don't need to do anything. No, you, what you got to do things, you, you don't maintain your salvation, but you do want to maintain your loyalty to Christ. In other words, because if you start getting pulled away to other things, the only thing that separates you from Christ is your decisions, not making bad decisions, but you choosing against Christ. Yeah. That's the only thing that separates you. It's you choosing against him, you making decisions away from him, you not wanting to be around him. That's the problem. And so most people, they will look at like they just sit there and they just don't they just don't need to do anything because it's already taken care of at the cross. And I go, yeah, you can, like I said, you can sit around and do nothing, but doing nothing will have an effect on the way you think over time because the enemy is going to you're going to be fodder for the enemy. And, and and it's it's the enemy's attacks against you and your thinking and your family and the and the stuff that will go on. You're going to wonder why bad things are happening to your family. Why did your little child die of cancer? You're going to all these things are going to start changing the way you think about God, because you thought you thought all you do is you sit you sit back and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to fight. And and I'm t and and the, and the effects that the enemy is going to have against you and your family are going to change the way you think. And that's what you have to fight against is from you letting your thinking going into wrong places that will eventually that could eventually possibly deter you from from just make from from pushing away God in your life. God will never push you away. You have to push him away. Yeah. You would never do that. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yep. Yep. Um, on the other end, like on the on the healing finished works end of things, um, it's like you have people when it comes to the healing, and they're trying to, you know, the, you don't need to deal with the demons, you don't need to deal with the demonic, you know, uh, you're just your your mind is already transformed, and you're just believing that you're you're believing that sin is still in your life. They're not understanding that you fracture. They're not understanding that parts of your soul are still not in light and so we all in in the the finished works healing group we have the same idea where it really is about mind renewal that really transforms you you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free it's just that we have two different paths of how how to get there oh yeah they think all you need to do all you need to do is just believe yeah. that's it you just need to believe it just believe it 
I go, easier said than done. And the reason why they say that is because they don't like discipling people. They don't like spending hours and days and weeks and months and years with a person because in their mind, they're going, no, you can do it on your own. Just believe. Here, here, here's the message. Just believe. Oh, and if you do, and if, and if what I'm telling you isn't working, it's because you're not doing what I told you. You're not believing. And they put it on them. Well, see, Steve, that's not what Jesus did. He spent hours and years with people discipling them. You know? Yes. I mean, and, and we want to we want to make it just a quick, you know, listen to a little bit of my teaching and, you know, there it is. Or let me just kind of like drive by praying. And it, it requires yes. so much. And, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about John Lake is his message of healing, even though I don't agree with all of it. I eat the meat, spit out the bones. Uh, but he did. He would send people into an area to pray for somebody until they got healed. He he didn't just no. pray one prayer and they left. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And and so the thing is, is that you um, you you know when you're dealing with with that, I think a lot of times people they they don't like a lot of finished works groups, the the healing finished works type. They don't like dealing with the demonic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they just don't like dealing with demons. They don't, they believe, oh no, the demon doesn't have legal rights. You're just believing that he does. You're just believing a lie that he does. And that's why he can stay there. But like um, I was saying earlier, it's like, well, then why aren't you healing every person you're praying for? Why aren't the people who preach this all getting healed of everything they have? Yeah. Why is their body still suffering? Why are they still having debilitations in their bones and in their joints? And why are they still having, why is there, why are their hair turning gray? You know, why are they, why are they having all these physical problems and they're, but they're believing that they're healed and it's still not manifesting. I believe there's, there's truth to believing that you're healed and declaring the truth of, of, of God over, over your system. But that doesn't work for everything. And some of that is not going to work for every issue because some of it is an issue of. You need to deal with stuff in your heart, deal with stuff in your past. Yeah. And see, a lot of times people would say, oh, yeah, you don't need to look in your past. You don't need to go uh, dig it up. You know, Jesus, you have a good future with Jesus. You know, they'll have all these cliches that they'll say to deter people from ever looking into their past. The biggest one I hear is, where do you see Jesus doing that in the Bible? I've heard that so many times, Steve. Yeah. They'll, they'll say, where did, where did Jesus do that? And I go, Jesus was talking to the apostles all the time about their past. Jesus was bringing up, you know, when, when, you're, when you're pointing out a problem in the person, you're dealing with something of why they're believing it. All you're doing when it comes to inner healing is that you're bringing up, you're finding out the place where they started believing the lie that God cannot be Lord in that area of their life. That's all you're doing. You're finding out where it started, and then you're getting the person to repent of it. That's all you're literally doing. But what I would what I would say to this is that you know you can keep pretending that your past doesn't exist. You can keep saying, "Oh, my past doesn't exist because Jesus is my future and all this stuff." But your past is going to come up and visit you every single day when somebody cuts you off on the side of the road, or on the road, or when somebody rattles you a certain way, or when somebody takes something and steals it from you. Then all of a sudden you get triggered and you get offended and you get angry. Your past is coming up through that. Yep. 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 And that's and that and that reaction is coming from something deep inside of you that if you were truly healed, you wouldn't have been offended by that. 
you would have just said, okay, well, that person stole that because they're probably poor and they're just a real broken person. And you would have had compassion on them like Jesus would have done. Because see, Jesus didn't have wounds. But our wounds are a sign that our past still exists. And see, if you were healed from that wound, your past wouldn't have to come up and visit you and in in inopportune times when you don't want it to come up and manifest or when you go into a fit of rage because uh, something came down and now you owe $10,000 and then somebody foreclosed on your loan or, or whatever and everything is just going wrong in one day and then you're starting to stress and you're starting to go into panic and fear mode. All of those are signs of your past coming up. Mm. You know, all of those. Every Because see, true healing is this. In my opinion, I've never seen a person 100% healed and delivered, not once. And I don't, and people may, may give me names, but come on. It's like the only person who has the model of what inner healed and truly delivered looks like is Jesus. And that, and there's four categories that I would say that Jesus embodies that I've never seen anybody embody. And the first one is offense. If, Like I said, if you get offended, if you still, if you get hurt, insecure, have fear. It doesn't matter if you show it to people or not. If you know it exists on the inside of you, it's still there. Mm -hmm. You're just managing it well. See, I dealt with anger for years, but I learned how to start managing it when I started doing deliverance. I managed it, but it didn't get dealt with. That, that only You know it's dealt with when you don't have to manage any of those emotions anymore, when they don't come up in after you get triggered from something. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go, oh, I got to submit to God, resist the devil and he shall flee. I don't have to do that because it, there's nothing, there's nothing to fight against because it just does the, the anger and the resentment and the pain is just not there anymore when somebody offends you. See, Christians get offended all the time and you, I mean, I don't care what Christian you're around. If you're around the most nicest anointed Christian out there, you hang around them long enough. If you spent like a good solid month with them day in and day out, you'll see their past come up in their behaviors and their attitudes. Maybe they don't like some, their food done in a certain way or they have a routine and you just broke their routine. Or, you know, or you, there's, there's enough circumstances that go wrong all in a row that can really create like a perfect storm for them to start to see their flesh to come up. Yep, guilty. It all, it all your, your past will come up in situations. Some people are just better at managing it. And that's maturity. That's good. We want to do that. But the ideal way that God has designed for us is that we don't have to manage it, live a life managing it. It's, it's that we don't even have something to have to manage because it's already been healed. So as offenses go, that, that's the first one. The second one is that Jesus walked with the Spirit without measure. You don't, so like the first one, Jesus did, you don't see Jesus ever getting offended. You don't see J Jesus taking things personal. And when he turned over the tables of the money changers, it wasn't because Jesus was highly offended that they're insulting him. It's that they were trying to keep people from God and they're trying to portray an image that you pay for God. You can pay for God. And Jesus was like, no, the only time you see Jesus get indignant is when it's in defense of other people. Mm -hmm. But Jesus would get completely you'd see jesus get teased you know the, the pharisees would come at him all the time and jesus would never take it personal like we would because jesus had nothing in him 
as far as a wound that goes that gets triggered. Second, going back to the second thing, Jesus walked with the Spirit without measure. We walk in the Spirit without measure because we, we hold unbelief. And so a lot of times you see Jesus working on Peter on his issues with faith and, and, and trying to teach him how to trust, teach him how to not, not doubt and walk in fear. The reason why Peter had fear is because of his past. The more you heal your past, the less fear you're going to have, the easier it is to trust God for things. If you look at the apostles, the apostles still weren't completely and totally healed. Even after the cross, they still had issues. They still had flesh that would come up. Uh, and I'll get to the, and then, then the third one uh, is that you never see Jesus ever getting physically sick. You never see Jesus with allergies or a common cold or any aging pains or anything like that, which would lead to the fourth one. Uh, Jesus' body didn't suffer decay. Jesus' body never went into the decaying process. That's why he had to, that's why it said in the tomb, his body never suffered decay. Jesus would have had to come back and get his body or it'd still be around today because his body would not go into the decaying process once his spirit was gone out of it. Because the body was completely, it was still like in the state of Adam and Eve before the fall. So in other words, what healing and delivered truly looks like is what Jesus models and lives. I believe we can have that. I believe it's possible. Um, but the only way to get there is to let God heal your heart. Let God deal with the junk on the inside that the enemy has had for, from junk from your past, junk from uh, things from your childhood, things that are generational. You know, finished works, of course, doesn't like the generational stuff either concept but it, it it exists i don't care if they say it doesn't i've seen it yep hundreds of times and when you break off things change you know so i i've seen plenty of, of fruit and results i didn't believe in generational curses because i read a book i did it because i saw i saw it happen in deliverance so finished works people their theology is once you become a christian everything is transformed Everything is transformed in you. And, and I think that's, that's the false sense of security that that theology gives. Mm. It gives us a false sense of security. So you just sit back and you think that you're healed and you just keep telling yourself for 30 years that you're healed when you're actually not. I mean, you know you're not. You're just, it's almost like you're, you're trying to convince yourself. And it's like a sin if you don't convince yourself in that world. You know, uh, you're 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 in unbelief, and you get accused that you're you're not believing hard enough. But that whole mindset was not even biblical. You don't see Paul, Peter, Jesus ever teaching or modeling that you just got to believe you're already healed. I'm not saying that you can't get healed that way because you can, but you never see them model it the way that they model it with laying on of hands and speaking the words out for healing, commanding rather than. Pretty please heal me, Lord. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's. I think with the finished works group, it, they usually have a lot of problems with if something's taking too long, like if a deliverance or a healing's taking too long, and then they get frustrated. Like, you like if I tell people that it took nine years to get this person free, it really bothers them. Mm -hmm. It really challenges them. They're like. <laughs> No, everything's supposed to happen instant, fast, and quick. It's like, 
Well, then why aren't you healed instant, fast, and quick? And why is your body decaying? Why are you getting gray hair? Why are, is your skin sagging? Why are you getting older every single day? If, if, the, if the cross, if the finished works meant that Jesus destroys, completely uh, annihilates sin and death, then why are we still dying? Obviously, it doesn't mean that it automatically cancels that out. It can't logically mean that because the proof is in the fruit right in front of us. Yeah. Everybody is decaying. Everybody is still getting sick. It's not the will of God, but the reality is, is that you're not appropriating the finished works the way it should be. It just means that Jesus now died and made a way and left you the tools to make all of that possible if you apply yourself yeah appropriation is the key word that that's what i'm taking away yeah. from all of this is appropriation we have to learn to appropriate we so like the passover the jews appropriated the blood on the outside of their doors they didn't just kill the lamb and leave it inside the house they appropriated the blood right yes yes yep and that's what it is. I mean, it's it, and it, it's just so obvious that that's the way it works. I mean, you don't. Yeah. Christians. Like I said, th th I think this theology can be, I would say, dangerous, but I guess dangerous to some, especially if they die, they die of a sickness. And all they do, like I know. A few. Who don't do anything, they don't get any prayer. They don't, they don't do any inner healing. They just go, nope, I'm not receiving it. I'm pretending that the sickness doesn't exist in me. And it's just like, no, I'm already healed. Well, that's Christian I'm science like, is what that is. That's a cult. <laughs> not yeah. Pretending it, it's yeah. not real. Yeah. I, but I mean, that's kind of, they're not saying that per se, but that's almost the way that they're doing it. They're just going, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm a new creation in Christ. Now, that even when it when it comes to declarations that's you you there's other people it's like they look at they do it in a way where where like i said they don't want to do too much because they're just thinking that they're moving in unbelief like if they get prayer then they're going well it's because you're fearful and if you need to get prayer for healing it's because you're not believing that it's already paid for on the cross I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous when they get into that thinking. Like, no, the scripture's clear to say, have people lay hands on you. That's not a sign of unbelief. That's a sign of, of faith that you're doing it. You're, but what it, it, it is definitely a sign for, it's a sign of unbelief in the finished works theology. Because the finished works theology has said it's already done, so don't do anything. So yes, it, you're showing in the finished works theology that you're not believing it when you get getting hands laid on you for prayer. So I mean, I don't mind coming against a theology, you know, but yeah, um, yeah, but that's what a lot of people do. I mean, they get they feel like they're doing a work if they get prayer, and it's just it's so non-biblical, ridiculous. Nobody preached that. Nobody modeled that in scripture. Um, when I've seen declarations work, like. I remember there's this one story I saw, I think it was on Sid Roth. And it was a person that was dying. I think they were they were in a in bad shape. And they got prayer, somebody was praying for them, and then an angel 
came into the room and was making declarations over them from more, from night till morning and was just speaking certain scriptures over them, doing work over them. Now, a person was praying on the outside, but eventually this led to the person's breakthrough and healing. It was just like coming against the spirit of death. Why was the angel having to constantly speak those words out? Because you're not, the, the angel is fighting a fight. The angel is fighting a fight of the demonic. The, the demonic is really fighting to take that person out. Spirit of death is trying to take that person out. Mm. So like so, sometimes repetitive prayer is really the key. There, 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 I, I think in, in the finished world, finished works world, like you pray once, that's the theology, and then you just stand on it. But a lot of times when I see it actually work is when you are hammering it because it's almost like you're releasing power every single time. It's like you are sieging a fortress and you're shooting it with cannonballs and the cannonballs keep bouncing off. But you know that if you keep shooting this thing with cannonballs, eventually it's going to keep cracking the foundations mm. and the walls are going to start cracking and breaking because they can't keep taking too much, uh, too many broadside hits. And then eventually the thing starts to crack, break, break, because you're just pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. And that's a lot of times how it works when it comes to prayer. Because you, if you look in the spirit realm, you're fighting a spirit and you're trying to break off that power that it has locked on that person. And you're hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And, and so the repetition is necessary because you have to break the hold of what that thing is holding on to. And sometimes it's brute force like that by hitting it again and again. So that finished works mindset of one and done, it's like it totally is going to disqualify some people that really need to really contend for that power, that for that healing. So Yeah. Well, well, Lindsay, are there any questions or anything you'd like to interject here? Yeah, you answered most of the questions I had just in the, the conversation there, to be honest. Yeah, it was really, cool. Cool, really good. Awesome. Well, let me ask you something, Steve. Is there any way that we can promote you? Is there a website that we can send people to? Or I do have a website, yeah, steveharmon.org. And, uh, and then my Facebook page, Steve Peace Harmon. You go there. Okay. Yeah, I imagine you're yeah. so busy that it'd be hard. But I just wanted to give you a give people out there a heads up that they could reach you if they needed help or any kind of ministry yeah. or anything like that. Is there any? If you could write off the top of your head now, don't think too hard. Any books that you could recommend to somebody that that would give dive more into what you've been talking about? What would they be? When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson. I think that's good for people who are really starting out in just wanting to understand the spiritual world, spiritual lifestyle for a believer and the world that they're supposed to live in. So I kind of always recommend that. And then another book, The Veil by Blake Healy. Mm. Mm. And that book is about him who, who sees in the spirit and he sees angels, he sees demons. And what I like about that book, and he's got a, actually a follow-up book. I'm trying to remember the name. I think it's Profound Goodness. Um, and then it says something after. But Blake Healy, it's a second book. What I like about his take is that it really 
gives you a good understanding of what's really happening in the spiritual realm mm. with angels and demons. Yeah. And you, and you really see that God is not in total control. You see that our actions really dictate what demons can do and what angels can do. Mm -hmm. And it really illustrates it in his experiences that he shares in that book. Yeah, see, that's super and, important. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it, it is so important because, like, the one thing I talk a lot on is about God not being in total control because I want Christians to understand the dynamics of how things get done in the spiritual realm, which consequently determine what happens in the natural. And so when Christians don't know why people are not, why they're not getting healed or why breakthrough isn't happening in your life, why things are not working, this comes into, um, comes into play of understanding of why things are not working the way that you think they should and gives you a good understanding of that, which is critical. I believe you want to know why, why your loved one died when you prayed for them and you're like, okay, wh why didn't it work? You know, this helps. This gives an answer because uh, typical Christianity doesn't. Uh, typical Christianity just says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there's just mysteries we'll never know, but we just trust that God has a good plan through it all, you know, and, you know, you can see that. Which is more like Islam than it is really true Christianity, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can see that a lot of times things don't work out for the good and it gets worse and ends bad. Yeah. And then and then you and then you don't call that out and you go, hey, we were wrong there. That was we were completely wrong, which, you know, people don't want to challenge that theology because that theology is so deeply rooted into our teaching. Yeah. It's it's so deeply rooted into the way we believe, so we never want to challenge it. It's like a sacred it's like a a sacred cow you know oh can't touch that no but um that is the problem for many christians uh life uh, of, of why bad things are happening in their life and they're blaming god and they're angry at god thinking that god is allowing this or causing it which is just not true and this helps explain uh why it's not true so yeah well cool well steve thank you so much for your time, man. This is awesome. I mean, I think this is uh, this is one of the best ones we've done. Yeah. I just appreciate your time. We went way longer than than we had allotted for you, but I, I just enjoy uh, hearing all your insight and and maybe down the road I'd like to have you on again because there's some other things I'd like yeah. to a ask you questions about including sure. aliens. So we won't go there this time, <laughs> but I'd, I'd love to hear about your thoughts about alien abductions and stuff like that. So maybe a ghost episode. Yeah. Something like that. So, but, uh, thank you so much. Steve. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, Stay naturally supernatural.